You're listening to a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. We live in the golden age of athleticism. Everywhere around the world, sports people are getting faster, stronger, more explosive. They're recovering from injuries quicker. One of the primary reasons for this is the rapidly advancing field of sports science. Welcome to Secrets of Sports Science, a podcast series into the exciting and ever-changing world of elite sporting performance. I'm your host Rudranil Sengupta and each week I'll be talking to leading experts from the field to bring you a peek into the makings of a modern athlete. Ask any athlete what they feared the most and possibly the answer you're going to get is an injury. because injuries are 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 so difficult for for a sports person at an elite level because you know every time you get injured the first thing i think an athlete thinks of because i've spoken to many athletes about this is that is this the end of my career um a career that of course takes many many years of very single minded focus um starting from the age sometimes 7 8 uh but definitely by the time you're 10 and then you know you spend a whole decade trying to develop into this athlete who can compete at the world level and you finally make it there and and suddenly you have an injury and you think oh my god you know this whole decade of work and of sacrifice of single minded devotion to one thing is that over in that once momentary thing where i got injured um when that fear is allayed when okay a doctor sees you and he says and he says no okay you're fine you'll be able to get back into your sport comes the really hard part which is working towards your rehabilitation and of course athletes and us normal people we do it differently uh, if i get a musculoskeletal injury today it's no problem maybe the doctor says 2 months 3 months 4 months sure i can spend the whole year trying to recover uh, when you're talking about an elite athlete they don't have that luxury neither do their doctors nor do their physiotherapists they have to get the athlete back onto the field of play as soon as possible and this is where it gets really tricky and it gets really um science based and research based and and it involves so much skill on everyone who's involved in, in this rehabilitation process from the doctors to the physiotherapists uh, to the strength and conditioning coaches uh, in india of course we've spent many many years being the backwaters uh when it came to sports injury rehabilitation we didn't really have many systems in place we didn't have many skilled people uh in the country not for any fault of anybody's but just because the sports infrastructure did not really exist in india the competitive structure of say an english premier league in england uh where clubs have so much money and so so much at stake to have players always fit and ready um obviously you can imagine that they have a lot of investment in getting their sports science right this was not the case with india for for very many years till maybe a decade ago maybe 15 years ago when things started to change a little and what we have right now is is a real turning point is a point where we are seeing more and more cutting edge research uh, making its way here and people with the skill sets to work with the athletes at absolutely at the top level do what they do best uh, and you're seeing the results of that in how many of our athletes are now among the world's best so to talk about 
sports injuries and rehabilitation we have with us one of our uh, finest uh, physiotherapists in india working right now she works with many many elite athletes this includes vinesh pogat um, mirabai chanu uh, it includes the women boxers from americom to lovelina um, i'm talking about chandni parsania who uh, it's and it's a privilege to have her on this show she joins me from the inspire institute institute of sports in belledi karnataka chandni thank you so much for giving us the time um, to be here today hi good evening So it's absolutely pleasure to be on this platform. So great, let's dive right in uh, to this incredibly fascinating world of uh, how, how um, sports people prevent injuries and how they rehabilitate from injuries. And we'll start with something that is on everyone's mind because uh, uh, we'll start with Meera Bai Chanu because you know we all saw her win that incredible Commonwealth gold. Uh, before that, the the great silver in Tokyo, um, and we also know. that in in 2020 you know and she she was uh, she had a proper uh, back lower back problem uh, she had to go to the us for rehabilitation as well uh, and there was a time in her career when it seemed like she was actually really suffering and it could be that she was not going to be able to fulfill her potential uh, but thank god that did not happen and it's thanks to people like you who uh, who worked with her um, so can you tell me a little bit about um how you started working with mirabai and what the injury was and what had to happen yes certainly so uh, you rightly said when an athlete is working for high performance and i would put it as highest performance so that time every time they are pushing their boundaries so they are trying to exceed what they right now can do and pushing the boundaries is kind of taking risk every time so every time they are trying to exceed their limits it is like taking risk and they are endangering themselves for one kind of injury or the other uh so doing the same thing with uh, the help and background of sports science and medicine is like taking risk but taking calculated risk yes with a lot so, of help around um, people to guide when you when it is exactly yeah exactly so we know that we are pushing boundaries but we know that how much and um, at what time and how much it is wiser to do so that comes with a uh, lot of data driven decisions every time and all flexible so it is multifaceted but um, let us come to mirabai again mirabai now the entire world knows her and um, uh, she has been the medalist international level last olympic also she won and this commonwealth also she was are uh, shining with colors so uh, but at uh, one point of time in 2018 uh, there was some similar time which you described before like uh, there comes a time when people ask whether it is the end of career or not and the athlete also has that fear in their mind what next uh, because it really takes a lot of blood and sweat to come at that level and for me mirabai is one icon example for what dedication and discipline looks like uh to reach at olympic level and i have witnessed that discipline and uh, daily 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 that, that work ethic, training yeah. so at one point of time uh, that really stopped her and put her out of her training and that was her back stiffness it was it was not typical pain pain but that was something a uh, big stiffness of back pain 
which stopped her training any further. So at one point of time, even she had to say that I can't train further. She could not even lift the bar. Forget about the weight, but lift the bar. And um, the coach also was quite tense what to do. So this is right after her, her Commonwealth Games uh, in 2018? Yeah. Right. And uh, then she was preparing for Olympics at that time. And um, yeah, this time she wanted to give her best. But uh, and the entire plan and entire um print was ready in her mind and coach's uh, mind but one breaking point and any person who has done that weight training in gym can correlate that if little bit of minor things also goes wrong it really toils on your back so uh, and these people are daily uh, perhaps twice or thrice in a day they are lifting a huge amount of weight daily so However careful they, they go, however scientific they go, if something by mishap also goes wrong, then uh, there is a lot of um, predisposition of injuries there. And same thing happened with her. And especially when an athlete goes senior, then because they do like thousands of times one same movement, so they're using one set of muscles like thousands and legs together. So sometimes they're exiting the human limit of something like the human body is designed for something and they are they are using it over and over right. and over. So there's a repetitive so, stress. Yes, repetitive stress, overuse mm. injury or uh, similar terms yeah. are used for this kind of injury. So, uh, and there are many reasons for back pain. Back pain is not that um, simple term. Like there are many structures which can get injured and dysfunctional to give you a back right. pain. So, you know, you know, this is very interesting because um, and this is something that I found out, uh, you know, over the course of these podcast uh, episodes, um, is that uh, is that how interconnected the human body is, especially the mus muscular uh, structure, um, that uh, you may have uh, a lower back pain, which has really nothing to do with your lower back. It might be something completely different. It might be a, a shoulder impingement on your right shoulder could cause and uh, a pain in your left lower back because also the body works in transverse ways. So these are very fascinating things. Um, so, so it's one of your jobs True. also to identify the source. So if somebody comes and says, oh, I have a lower back pain, it's not automatically that you start addressing the lower back. You have to first find out what the real cause is. True, true. Uh, so it is like kinematic chains and cross kinematic chain and a lot of uh, biomechanical stuff in um, and sometimes, like now, there is a lot of advancement in research of pain, in perception of pain and science of pain. It says it goes even beyond uh, the structural damage and it can be much more than only structural damage. But that is altogether a different uh, topic we would right now not go detail into. But yeah, so here in the back itself, if we see, so there are several structures right from ligament to disc to muscles to nerves there are so many things which can give you pain but in Mira's case it was good that no major structures were involved like the which we could not reverse so here yeah it took a lot of time to come to a diagnosis because that was a very atypical kind of pain so many experts like first they seek some local uh, expert uh, help and then when nothing could actually help there are many um, Expert level institutes were also involved, and uh, lately it came to uh, Heath Matthews, that is in uh, Reliance Foundation. Right in Bombay. And uh, there, actually, I was that time working with uh, Olympic okay. Gold Quest. 
and uh, Heath was uh, uh, Heath has been one of the expert uh, clinician to work with right. Uh, right. OGQ and Mira. So this is how we three came in picture, and uh, ultimately we could solve that problem. Okay. And that took around more than uh, four months completely to come up, come back to her training. Right. So tell me a little bit so, about how you found out what the problem was and what was the problem. Yeah. So first we uh, went through all the investigations to rule out whether it is disc, whether it is nerve, whether it is like all the other structures I said mm. before. And then we found out that luckily there was no major involvement of any disc or nerves or any mm. kind of things. But it was like lumbopelvic instability, okay. where it is like imbalance between many uh, muscles around the, the pelvis, okay. uh, lumbar spine and right. pelvis. Right. So then we started working on that imbalance, lumbopelvic stability, and gradually we could get through. And uh, she got her confidence back. And in later phase of the rehabilitation, actually, uh, we did both like rehabilitation plus our uh, sports specific training. We got that weights, everything in our rehabilitation center. We did all of that and gradually she got that confident and she could uh, go back to her training phase. So if I understand this right, the source of the pain was basically muscular imbalances in the pelvis and the lumbar region. And by lumbar region for my listeners, it, it's basically the lower back. It's called the lumbar region. So you're saying there was a muscle imbalance in the pelvic and lumbar region which had to be fixed uh, and this obviously is a major problem especially exactly. if you're a weightlifter because uh, say something as as basic as the squat which is the which is the foundational fundamental movement for lifters um, it's all about your pelvic muscles uh, firing in the right way uh, when you're getting off from the from the bottom position it's about your lumbar spine actually being able to be stiff um, and stabilized when you're when you're trying to get up if that doesn't happen and it could be very minor it could be really small little uh, imbalances uh, some part of the body is going to have to compensate for for that which uh, usually is what leads to um, repetitive stress injuries for example because a part of the body that's not supposed to be really involved is getting involved to compensate for another part that is not working is that fair enough Exactly, you got it right. Yeah. yeah. So then you you identified that, and what were the kind of exercise patterns that you had to work with her uh, to fix this? Yeah. So initially, the structures which were tight and which was like a deep part of the core, like there in core also there are two sets of muscle, something called global core muscles and local core muscles. So we had to uh, work on the local core muscles, uh, which many. Can you of tell us a little bit what that means? Yeah, so these are the set of muscles which are quite in close affinity of your spine, which actually stabilize your spine kind of staplers. Like each segment of your spine is stabilized by that set of muscles. Okay. So, and research says that after even a single episode of back pain, also those muscles get inhibited and they do not fire in time. So, if any micromillisecond difference also in the firing, uh, a weightlifter's performance would be affected. 
These are the local core muscles or the global core muscles? You said the two things. I don't actually know the difference. These are local core okay. muscles. Local core muscles. Right. Because most of the world now uh, know the importance of the global core muscles. Like in total, there are 29 muscles when I call it as a core muscles. Ah. So the superficial core muscles and global core muscles, people understand by now and even in um, regular clinical physiotherapy also they have started. But only... Only few people do it stage-wise, like addressing the local core muscle and how to recruit it cognitively and then how to associate that with uh, your movements, lean movements, and then how to automatize that. That is what is stage-wise core training program. That is what we did with Mira first. Then we gradually worked on the nerves and all the associated structures. And then gradually we started with a little bit of weight training and we gradually increased it. Um, right. So that's that's quite um, uh, you know complicated what you just said in, in very few words. So I'm going to unpack that a little bit more. Uh, firstly, you're saying global core muscles uh, are, are the superficial core muscles. Is that what you said? Which means like the surface level, like the abs, for example. Yes. That's a global core muscle. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. People usually know it as abs. People usually even do a little bit more in detail about like glutes. glutes. There are three uh, glutes, glute max, glute medius and minimus. So people also work on that. Uh, but uh, I'm talking about transverse abdominis muscle, which is the third layer of the entire abdominal muscles, which kind, which is kind of embracing the uh, torso, which kind of embraces the entire lumbopelvic region. And uh, it provides like kind of a corset and that is how it stabilizes the spine indirectly. And there is another set of muscles which I said as staplers, those are your multifidae. Multifidae are again a very deepest uh, layer of muscle which is quite close to your okay. spine. Right. Wow. That's fascinating. Now, and you said that you have to first cognitively understand the firing of the muscle. So let me uh, also try and explain that a little, uh, because this is is a is a crucial thing in uh, in physiotherapy. Um, is and, and most most lay people will not know what this means because, see, uh, when you what that basically means is that your brain is able to be aware of what muscle is being used. Now, you may think as a listener that. Yeah, sure, I know. But actually, most of the time, you don't know. Uh, for some muscles, it's quite easy, like your biceps. Everybody knows how to feel their biceps. And if I'm going to lift something and curl my hand, I know already, oh, my bicep is uh, working. And that's cognitive awareness that my bicep is working. Um, and if you tell me flex it, I'll be able to flex it because I know my brain knows where it is and how it fires. But there are so many muscles in the body uh, which we as lay people, we are not aware when they're firing, how they're firing. And if you tell me right now, um, okay, I want to, uh, I want you to flex your um, uh, transverse abdominus, which you, which you talked about. I will not be able to do it because I don't know where that muscle is and when it fires and how it fires. So a part of your job is to actually uh, train your athletes to realize what is that muscle that is firing, how to actually control that. Uh, how to be aware of that and and that's like step one in terms of rehabilitation right yeah exactly so people know even uh, the job of strength and conditioning like there is uh, there are some overlapping phases of where uh, you get strengthened and conditioned but before that what we need to fix is 
like your lumbo pelvic stability and i have i have worked with many national and international level athletes and i could see that in spite they are winning the medal but still there is some problem with their lumbo pelvic stability and if we fix that their performance can be really enhanced or we can prevent the potential injuries uh lumbo pelvic stability is one thing then we work on the kinetic control where again like uh, they be aware of what muscle uh, and what time they are recruiting it like we make them feel we make them palpate and there are now some fancy gadgets like biofeedback units where you you work it and you get uh, uh, the feedback by in the form of some waves or sounds right. or something so there is something emg activity like surface emg and little emg which tells you which muscle is acting more which is underperforming and all that kind of stuff so um there is one thing then uh, we correct muscle imbalances so muscle imbalance is like um, some of your muscles are little tight and inhibited and the others are um weak weak and inhibited so by muscle imbalance to correct muscle uh, imbalances like we we stretch the muscle which is tight and that is how we restore the length tension relationship of muscles so we stretch the tight muscles and we strengthen which is underperforming muscles so this is how we restore the balance and that makes an amazing change in somebody's performance and sometimes even the coach or the player doesn't realize that uh, because of this smaller glitch the entire performance is getting affected right. and that is how we observe and that is how we correct and take it to right and so that's what you were doing with mirabai um and uh, and you had to put her through a specific uh, exercise program uh, for her for her pelvis and lower back um can you tell us a little bit about that exercise program how long it took what kind of work it involved yeah first of all it took us uh, like more than 2 months to come to a right diagnosis to exclude all the other possibilities which are not there so then coming to the right diagnosis and we found that uh, uh luckily there is nothing wrong much structurally and what is wrong is easily correctable and then we started correcting and working on each and every small muscles and then actual rehabilitation took us only like 2 2 months to get back to the training base and once we started like every rehabilitation's last phase is like sport specific rehabilitation where we train their specific sports activity maybe weightlifting maybe football maybe anything so we include some drills of their real time function and then we check because sometimes what happens in uh, weightlifters uh, if you load them only 50 to 60% of their real potential there is no pain no problem at all but if you if you take them to their 90% of their maximum then only that pain comes and that was happening lately with mirabai also so we loaded her up to 90 to 100% of her maximum performance and then we could see that is there any asymmetry is there any pain and we then we and then we kept correcting those things and we got to her 100% and then i went to her training base from mumbai to patiala i shifted with her i worked with her for 3 months to make sure that she is settled and she is back to her 100% potential uh, and coach also was happy with the performance and then i came back so that was that, the journey that's wonderful that. to hear um, you know because uh, as a sports journalist of many years um, i i was obviously you know i'm i'm habituated to uh, stories of how athletes were neglected 
and and you know they didn't get the help that they needed so to hear about uh, you know you spending 3 months in patiala with her as she trained and got back into her competitive uh, fitness um, is such a lovely thing to hear and uh, uh, another interesting thing you said was that you know like like with weightlifters for example that at 60% of their uh, of their capacity they are not feeling anything but when you're when you're getting them to 90% is when when things start showing up uh, and that has got something to do with muscle recruitment right because as as far as i know our bodies tend to take the easiest path uh, and that's, that's not a judgmental statement that's just a biological reality is when we we'll do something which doesn't challenge us our bodies will take the least path of least resistance it's only when the body is put at 90% uh, capacity is when you have full recruitment of everything that needs to be firing and so that's when the things start showing up exactly yeah that's that's fascinating yeah that's the physiology and biomechanics right. um so cool and Uh, so that brings me to this point of you know uh, we we know there is physiotherapy but what you are talking about is high performance physiotherapy um uh, what is the difference and apart from for example the pressure that you have uh, to bring athletes back quickly you know and i, I said this at the beginning of the show that for a normal person uh, any musculoskeletal injury while it may be very painful and very problematic there is that added pressure of having to come back quickly to peak fitness and more is not present whereas with your work that is that is a very critical thing that how how much time does the athlete have um so i you know if you could take me a little bit into the this world of high performance uh, physiotherapy and what that means Yes, Satyendu. Uh, as I earlier mentioned, that high performance is like giving your highest, like how much maximum. It is like pushing your boundaries, mm. like. And uh, again, I would emphasize that it is not a one man's show. Yes. It is always a team work, mm. because here we daily ask before we start. We daily ask people's wellness data. Wellness data is like how much their body is ready, how much is their soreness. how much psychologically they are ready what is their fatigue level and all of that so daily 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 they have to give us that uh, feed of their wellness data then comes their um, load management like load every day's load also is calculated there are ways of calculating that and the third thing is uh, their rpe that is uh, rate of perceived exertion right. so all of that is like data driven decisions daily made and uh, there are some some physiological data as well like their hydration level their lactate uh, lactate threshold and tolerance and all of that is uh, uh, counted and then the load is uh, calculated uh, i mean calculated yeah so uh, here mainly in high performance we first try to uh, prevent the injury because once the injury happens there is a lot of time loss lot of effort money and more so it is like psychological yeah. burden because an athlete only knows that pain of not training and uh, you know a question mark when to uh, come back to their 100% potential right. so to prevent all of that is in first place uh, we need to understand how does the injury happen mm-hmm. so for injury there are several uh, intrinsic factors and there are several extrinsic mm-hmm. factors so interesting intrinsic factors like uh, again load and your physiological readiness your fitness level your 
your your baseline strength and endurance and uh, uh, readiness of your strength and psychological factors like your mental readiness your confidence and all of that and there are some extrinsic factors like right from your shoes you are wearing your external guards you are using then the surface you are training on the uh, atmosphere you are training on there are several things so to manage that first place is if uh, now nowadays it is quite known like periodization of the training right so periodization is something like uh, managed by coach mm. the coach has to periodize the training mm. uh now many people have understood the periodization of the training like not to burn them by overloading daily 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 and uh, when it comes to the actual day of performance by that time they should not be fatigued and burnt out right so the entire time is divided and the load is scientifically given so that is something periodization is and uh, now people know understand the periodization of the training but something uh, there is yet to be understood is periodization of recovery right. because optimal recovery is really very scientific the actual performance comes where there is optimal stimulus that is optimal load mm. and optimal recovery so optimum load plus recovery is actually desired performance or adaptive changes what you need in your body right. so if either of that is not done right if the load is given too much also the performance will not come mm. if the recovery is not done right either too less or too much also the performance will not come mm. so the right balance between stimulus plus recovery is equal to performance and that in itself is a lot of key yeah yeah so that, that is very very interesting because you know indian sports again has has suffered uh, from the myth what i call the myth of mehnat which is uh, if you talk to athletes they'll always say that the reason why they did what they did was because they did more mehnat than anybody else and sometimes that uh, they don't understand the nuances of the that, that just by working yourself to the ground is not going to give you the performance it has to be done in a very scientific and detailed way your body needs rest as much as it needs the training exactly so it is like a hard work plus smart work uh, gives you result and so this is what one factor of your load management your recovery because that is something directly to do with your prevention of injury apart from that uh, if we come to the role of physiotherapist typically is to screen like screening periodically which doesn't happen usually in sports physiotherapy but high performance sports physiotherapy like we screen them before they start in that camp there is something called a uh, uh, pre camp uh, medical assessment so that is completely a screening process where we do musculoskeletal screening as well where we can uh, assess their postures their uh, movements we analyze their movements and uh, each and every joints we do some special clinical test and all of that and we find out if there is any muscle imbalance which uh, the player or the coach doesn't know but that is predisposing factor to injury so we try to catch the predisposing factor before it turns into injury so that is where we can prevent the injury in the first place and uh, we accompany them during their training and competition so during that we continuously observe their mechanism and their pathomechanism of using their uh, joints so if somebody is doing it uh, with a major 
faulty mechanics that also is a predisposing factor and we catch it there and there and we uh, discuss with uh, the concerned person and we correct it so this is how we eliminate uh, eliminate all the predisposing factors of right. injury and it's all very tricky because uh, the moment you in some of these predisposing factors could be years and years of habit it could have been acquired in childhood and and continued over over a decade uh, which means that when you go to change that it might change the entire mechanics of the athlete which might result in a temporarily a huge loss of form or ability to do something that they thought was easy to do right so then you have to balance that as well exactly yeah Exactly. And there are some, like when we screen for them for a posture or some uh, like their uh, observational analysis. So that time what happens like any senior uh, player for any sports court, they would have some adaptive changes. Because as I said, they have used that for millions of times, the same movement and right. same thing. So there would be some muscles which are adaptively shorter and the, there would be some muscles which are, you know, uh, changed than that of a normal right. individual so we have to be very wise enough to know that which all the changes are boosting their performance and it is good for their performance and which all the changes which are uh, predisposing uh, right. injury so we have to wisely do that we don't have to make each and everybody as a normal human uh, anatomical right. posture right. You know, that would be a foolish to do some, yeah. sometimes. So that comes with experience. That comes with years of experience, like that fine line between do's right. and don'ts. But uh, just to uh, go back to Mirabai, it must have been great fun to work with her because she comes across as such a, uh, firstly, such a natural athlete. Uh, you know, for a weightlifter, she has like amazing um fitness and mobility and agility and um, and she's always such such an upbeat personality and such a professional when it comes to training um, that it must have been really really good to work with her indeed i would say it was really a pleasure and honor to work with her for me she's really iconic for um what dedication and discipline looks like i have worked with many olympians but she is one good example for me she is, as a person also, she is jam of a person. And I have seen good tuning between the coach and the athlete. Like how much dedication, how much obedient and how much down to earth she is. And all of that, her qualities actually uh, makes her to deserve this kind of success. And I am really very happy uh, for her. And what all the success, upcoming successes and what she has uh, earned so far. She, by that time only when I was with her, she she was awarded as Khel Ratna Award and she is indeed a Khel Ratna. <laughs> right. And, and you must be one hell of a strong person because uh, I know that part of your job is to uh, manually manipulate muscles, muscle tissue, uh, like do deep tissue massage and things like that. And uh, even for to do it on a normal person requires a lot of strength. But does it require a lot more strength when you're doing it with a person with very developed muscles? When you're doing myofascial work. Of course. Of course. Yeah, because their, their paraspinal muscles itself are so sturdy that you get into it also uh, takes a lot of uh, uh, strength of yours. So, of course, uh, it is a little bit strenuous, but I, I could do it happily because I could see that to treating them is kind of contributing for India. 
so with that spirit uh, it was sort of burdensome for me and special especially for uh, wrestlers yeah. for wrestlers oh uh, working yeah. with their body yeah, that is quite <laughs> yeah you have to, yeah. to get to the yeah you have to put you have to be on your yeah. toes like full body yeah. weight, right and you take care of your hands and fingers Exactly. You take care of your hands and fingers after you do one of these sessions uh, where you have to dig deep into the muscles. Do you have to do work on your own hands? Yeah. Actually, I am blessed with really good strength by that matter. So, <laughs> I feel very blessed uh, and strong. But certainly, we have to take care of ourselves. But that time, I was working uh, uh, as a personal physiotherapist. Like, I was working one-to-one. So, it was not very toiling and I could give my uh, best to one particular player. Who were you working so, with, Vinesh? Uh, yeah, that time. Yeah, Vinesh Bogart I was working with. Uh, and then uh, Mirabai Chanu and with the boxers I was working. So, three uh, women's national team. Right. Uh, that's great. So, I I'll, will I'll, we'll end this now. But I'll just before we go, I just wanted to ask you how you got into this field. Uh, what interested you and, and how, how did you find yourself doing this? Uh, yeah, so being a physiotherapist, first I had worked with general population and a spectrum of uh, work I have been through. And after that, when it came to choosing a specialty, uh, sports field really fascinated me because it was like working so far. I had worked with illness, but now it was like wellness. And during that time, like when I embarked into that time, India was really promoting uh, sports. Right. Government also was promoting sports and India uh, was also um, heading nicely in sports. So that fascinated me and uh, sportsman spirit and that winning mindset and never giving up mindset of sports people, uh, that really inspires me. That is something very positive community to work with and where you put a bit of your energy also will be like a seed which will really grow up with uh, full yeah. colors. And I'm, I'm seeing that embodimenting and uh, like while working here, I think I'm serving the nation. So that gives me really a good motivation and pleasure. That's wonderful. It was such a lovely pleasure talking to you, Chandni. Uh, and thank you so much for your insight. And, and I hope our uh, listeners got a lot of uh, fascinating uh, details about what it goes into keeping an athlete injury-free uh, and what, it goes, what goes into keep getting an athlete back onto the playing field from an injury. Um, so thank you again Chandra. this was an episode of secrets of sports science I'll be back next week with a new guest until then if you have any questions you can write to me at rudranil at gmail.com that's r-u-d-r-a-n-e-i-l at gmail.com for the latest updates on this podcast do like and follow at HD Smartcast on Facebook Instagram Twitter YouTube and LinkedIn. To listen to more such podcasts, log on to htsmartcast.com. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast.